This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with the doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. This is Dr. Carissa Hines, and you are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We are here broadcasting live from WWE AM Radio, excuse me, WWE 1100 AM radio station every Thursday at 11 a.m. I had too many 1100s happening there all of a sudden had a little glitch but anyway um, I am glad to see uh, or to hear and be here and be heard and be here with you all this Thursday and every Thursday at 11 a.m. This week we have our recurring series um, and I am thankful for our partners uh, Northwestern Mutual uh, who produced this segment and sponsored this segment rather for us. And in a few minutes, we will have uh, our wealth advisor, Mr. Brian Ford from Northwestern Mutual, uh, to join us. Um, so before I get started, of course, we all have to do our shout out. So shout out to my number one fan. Shout out to Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Chesapeake, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Seattle, Washington, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Columbus, Georgia, Gadsden, Alabama, Center, Alabama, Hobbs, New Mexico, and Washington, D.C. Thank you all so much for listening and tuning in and watching on our Facebook Live. Um, so if you are not listening to us on your radio dial, you can catch us on Facebook. Uh, we broadcast uh, during a Facebook Live on the Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa uh, Facebook page. Uh, this also broadcasts on the WWE Facebook page and on our home network, the Old Fashioned Health Network's Facebook page. So lots of places to find us um, and to listen. And if you miss the show live, you can always listen to uh, the rebroadcast. I appreciate your listening, however, and whenever you do that. So let's get into our topic today. So since we are talking about money and medicine, so we um, all have had at one point in time or another some financial hardships. Um, and this year in particular with the way the coronavirus 19, um, the COVID-19 pandemic has ravaged our economy and not just here in the United States, but worldwide, um, we have seen the devastation that this, uh, this pandemic has caused. So we all know to some extent and have felt to some extent um, the economic hardship that is uh, brought on by this pandemic. We have seen businesses closing, um, some for good. Uh, employees have been furloughed, furloughed some laid off um, for good, uh, jobs lost, um, and entire industries have been crippled um, by, this, by this outbreak. 
So just to give you um, a few stats, um, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics in September 2020, the unemployment rate was about 8%. Um, and about that translates uh, to about 12.6 million people in the United States are currently unemployed. Um, the highest that we saw was back in April at the height of the first wave of this pandemic, if you will, and that topped about 8.1 million people unemployed. Uh, there were 14.7% unemployed due to temporary layoffs uh, and uh, involuntary part-time workers uh, numbered in September, so last month, 6.3 million. And what does that mean, involuntary part-time workers? So those are people who um, elected to work part-time so that they would have some money coming in as opposed to facing a complete uh, furlough or layoff. Um, the number of teleworkers has increased to 23%, uh, and 19.4% million persons in September were unable to work because their employers closed or lost businesses. Um, and so, you know, that is a tremendous, tremendous number. And you think about um, all of all of the ripple effects um, of this. And so I was watching the news this morning um, as I was getting ready uh, to come to the show. And you know, something that I really hadn't thought about when we talk about that ripple effect. So there was a, a printer, and I can't remember the city, um, but basically he, at the height of his business, and this was like the beginning of this year, had about 30 clients and he printed up menus for restaurants. So menus and signs um, and that kind of thing. And now from those 30 clients, he is now down to three. He's had to lay off about half of his uh, staff because of the decrease and decline in business. And so even though, you know, he is not at all related to, um, he's not directly related to the restaurant industry, you can see because of his um, connection to the restaurant industry, uh, restaurant and bar industry, he has been uh, negatively affected as well as his employees. So it definitely is, um, there definitely is a trickle um, a trickle effect or, or well it's probably I would say it's probably not even a trickle I would say it's probably a tsunami effect um, that when one industry closes or slows down or shuts down that we see how other industries that support that main one are negatively affected as well so who has had the highest um, or what industry has had the highest unemployment and of course that is our hospitality industry and, you know, we do see this kind of around the world. So places that were um, hotbeds for tourism or places that relied um, tremendously on tourism for their country's economy were devastated um, and continue to be so um, in trying to recover um, because, you know, people can't, can't visit or are afraid to fly or travel. Um, or the country may have, you know, restrictions as to who can come into the country and who, who cannot. And so that definitely has hurt our hospitality industry worldwide. Um, but particularly here in the United States, we're looking at, um, in the hospitality industry specifically, uh, a 19% unemployment rate. 
So that is more than double the national employment rate for all businesses. Um, and as a matter of fact, almost triple because uh, the unemployment rate across all industries um, is about 7.78%, as I mentioned earlier. So when we talk about these layoffs uh, in the hospitality industry, so with our airlines, we see American Airlines has either laid off or furloughed about 25,000 people, United Airlines about 36,000 people, uh, Delta Airlines had about 17,000 people who opted to enter into an early retirement agreement uh, and about 19,000 workers they had to lay off. And Southwestern Airlines, uh, about 36,000 people. So when you um, just think about just that industry in and of itself, and we're not talking about hotels and restaurants and that kind of thing, you can see these numbers are tremendous. And each one of those numbers represents a family. So if that family is relying upon that uh, income and that person is the sole income earner of the household, you can very quickly understand how devastating that can be to a family's finances, um, you know, when they're relying on, on that one source of income. Uh, the entertainment industry has also been hard hit. Uh, Warner Media has laid off about 20% of their workforce. Uh, Cineworld, who uh, is responsible for Regal Theaters, uh, has laid off about 40,000 people. Disney has laid off about 28,000 people across, uh, across Disney World and Disneyland. So I didn't find any data that talked about Disney World as a whole, because as you know, Disney is a, a global, uh, global enterprise. Um, and even then, even with Disney, you know, uh, these companies have been forced to change how they do business. Um, so, of course, you know, Disney movies are huge. You know, you can always count on a Disney movie to be a blockbuster success in the movie theaters, right? Um, and just with the recent release of Mulan, so that was a very highly anticipated um, live-action adaptation of the cartoon. And so they kept pushing the release date back, pushing it back, pushing it back, um, I guess in anticipation or in, in hope that uh, people would be returning to theaters and such. And finally, um, they just decided to do a, a live stream release uh, where people could watch it in their homes because, you know, who knows when movies are coming back to, to movie theaters. Um, and so even with that, so you look at all of the movie theaters that have had to, to close and lay off businesses because movies aren't coming to theaters so again you know just kind of looking at how all of the pieces um move together there you know it, it is just devastating on so many levels uh, so just looking at the list of companies that are announcing layoffs um, just thus far in 2020 uh, Maersk, who is a shipping uh, shipping company, Warner Media, Southwest Airlines, Center World, Exxon, American Airlines, United Airlines, Goldman Sachs, Allstate Insurance, Shell, Disney, Ralph Lauren, Carnival Cruise Lines, Lufthansa Airlines, uh, Raytheon Technologies, which is a defense contractor with the government, the Guggenheim Museum, Coles, Dell, Citigroup, Ford, MGM Resorts, Coca-Cola, Chevron, IBM, Virgin Airlines, Sephora, Delta Airlines, Boeing, AT&T, NBC Universal, Spirit Airlines, 
L Brands, which owns Victoria's Secret and Bath and Body Works, uh, Daimler, which owns uh, Mercedes Benz and other uh, automotive uh, companies, Tailored Brands, Brands, excuse me, LinkedIn, JCPenney, PVC Corporation, Wells Fargo, Walgreens, Levi's, Macy's, HBSC, Hilton Hotels, Uber, Airbnb, and Lyft. And this is not even a complete list. And so you can see that every industry has been touched by this pandemic that we all are experiencing. And, you know, just the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of employees and families that have been uh, negatively affected. So basically, no industry has been immune uh, from the devastating effects of this pandemic. So when we come back from the break, we will have our wealthologist, Mr. Brian Ford, on the line, um, talking about how we can kind of use the resources that we already have uh, to help us weather the storm of this pandemic. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We'll be back after the break. At Just for Pets Wellness Center, our expert veterinary team provides personal, professional, and compassionate services to your beloved pets. You can rely on us for pet wellness exams, medical care and treatments, dentistry, and surgical care. We provide a clean, safe, and caring environment for dogs, cats, and pocket pets with exceptional care, always the standard. We're doggone good and the cat's meow. Visit our website for more information at www.just4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. First Step Staffing is the largest nonprofit alternative staffing agency in the country. First Step prioritizes hiring men and women experiencing homelessness, veterans, and returning citizens. With support like job coaching and transportation, we help individuals reconnect and succeed in the workforce. With six locations around the country, 1,700 men and women are employed weekly. So if you are looking to hire or you know someone that is looking for work, visit FirstStepStaffing.com. And we are back. We are back. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And today we are having our money and medicine segment with our wealthologist, uh, Mr. Brian Ford from Northwestern Mutual. Mr. Ford. Good morning. Good morning and welcome back. How are you today? 
I am fabulous. Good, good, good. So, you know, of course, with our show, we always try to have a, um, a theme to our music uh, here. And um, the first song uh, was Simply Red, Money Too Tight to Mention. And I, I absolutely just love it. It's one of my favorite songs because if you're listening to it, you know, even though it was written, you know, a couple decades ago, this is what people are are really living and going through. Um, and leading into your segment, um, we had the Beatles with Money Can't Buy Me Love. And that may very well be true, um, although there may be an industry that can um, dispute that. Um, but we <laughs> won't go into that. But money can't buy you love, but it can buy you a whole lot of other things that you need uh, for your living. And so let's get to it. So um, the intro leading in, we were talking about all of the industries that have been devastated um, by job layoffs and furloughs and, and such things. Um, most Mostly our hospitality um, industry. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, that I, I think people may or may not may not realize and that's why I suggested this this topic to you is that you know you do have a resource that you can tap into you know so people talk about you know having savings and your retirement and such things for a rainy day fund but you know the thing of it is you know it's pouring outside now so what resources can people um, use to buoy themselves um, now and how do they access um, those those resources when they're having periods of either under or unemployment? Sure. So there are a myriad of different financial tools available. And the, the obvious ones, you know, you've already mentioned, you know, your checking, savings, money market, uh, potentially a, a CD, you know, close to the maturation date where mm -hmm. if things are pretty tight, you may have to prematurely liquidate out of that CD. Right. Um, once you kind of ran the gamut and you know, to your point, if it's continuing to pour and you're just hemorrhaging out cash and there's no end in sight, then you're going to start shifting into some of your, you know, mid-term and long-term assets, mm -hmm. uh, which may be an uh, investment account, a taxable investment account. And if the timing is right, you know, you want to buy by the whole concept of buy low, sell high. Sure. So, so you know, back so let's, let's, let's back that up just a little bit and, and, and talk about the first step. So let's say, you know, you have recently, um, you know, lost your, your source of income. So maybe you have one check coming in, um, you know, one last check uh, coming in. When we talk about savings, what is, is the recommendation in terms of how much we should have saved? Now, of course, this is kind of this may be after the fact for people who are, you know, in, in joblessness. Um, but, you know, just kind of going forward, because I, I believe very firmly that, you know, if you're in this one situation, there are definitely things that you can learn from this situation to prepare for, um, you know, a possible future situations, um, you know, that you may that may be similar that you find yourself in. So how much should we have saved up? Sure. Just, just generally, so you know, just generally speaking. So the CFP board, Certified Financial Planners Board, tells you for a single income earning household, you want to have six months of living expenses covered. If you're married or it's a dual income household, both spouses are gainfully employed or run businesses, uh, you want to have at least three months. So that way, to your point, in the event of one spouse stops working, then you at least still have one income coming in. And hopefully you still have some, you know, some buffer in terms of your discretionary dollar store you can still, you know, maintain, if you will. 
Right. And so one of the things that you can do to kind of stretch those dollars as well, um, you know, because, of course, you know, many months ago it was very hot in the news about people being evicted and, you know, having pauses um, on those evictions. Um, So, you know, that is something, too, to, you know, talk with your creditors, your lenders, your landlord, um, you know, everybody that you can, you know, and let them know as soon as you can that, you know, this is the situation that you are facing. And, you know, is there anything that can be done? You know, can you work with someone, um, you know, to kind of reduce your payment? So that will stretch those dollars, you know, kind of stretch that last paycheck um, as well. Because it is always better to pay a little something um, if you are able to. Um, and so, we have now because you know we've been in this pandemic where are we what is this month seven i think we are so you know you're right right this just feels like like eternity um you know this just feels like a, a tremendously bad horror movie where you're just waiting to see what the ending is going to be and you know kind of dreading it because you know as soon as you say you know can it get any worse you know 2020 is just like oh <laughs> yeah I, I can do that and, and that's, you know, that's just kind of what's what's going on. So let's say I am someone who um, had this six months of savings and mm-hmm. now the six months have gone by, um, you know, because I imagine that if you are going to tap into these resources, that it should be kind of a stepwise progression of, you know, tapping into the things that are easiest to tap into first Correct. And then kind of going into the things that will incur penalties and such things, you know, kind of saving that. So I have gone through my six months of my living expenses. What's next? Like what what strategy should I employ um, to tap? Well, like what resource should I tap into next? Sure. So there's a few different options. Uh, one would be the investment account that we mentioned. So if you have some investments that have done really well over time and you could potentially liquidate, turn into cash, and that will produce more cash available to you to, to weather the storm a little bit longer. Um, if the account is down, ideally you do not want to turn turn the money into cash because then you're locking in losses forever, which is suicide to your portfolio. So you want to avoid that if possible. Um Another option would be, uh, if you have it inside of your overall wealth plan and wealth picture, is leveraging some of the cash that's accumulated inside of a life insurance policy. Um, because how, do, how does that work when you say so, leveraging cash? So essentially, with, with a permanent insurance policy, um, every year as you're paying the premiums, the cash that you're funding in, in the form of premiums, some of that cash is going to literally sit inside of the policy and accumulate year after year. Mm-hmm. On top of that, there's going to be dividends that are going to compound inside of the policy as well and stack on top of that cash. And so in, in scenarios like now, that could be a very good opportunity to go and tap into some of the cash and pull it out. So no, no one has to die for that to happen. Right. That's good. It's, a, it's essentially, it's very good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> And so essentially, you know, it's like you're acting as a bank on your own behalf in a way to where you're leveraging your own money. It's a private transaction, if you will. You're not having to go to a bank and say, hey, can I borrow money? You're borrowing from your own policy that you own. And so when you are borrowing from your own policy, is there a 
it, two questions that I have. Is there a credit check required to access your own money? And my second question, are there penalties involved in accessing that money? Great question. So there's no credit check. Um, essentially, it, it's literally as simple as you, you know, looking at your, your policies and you have, you know, whatever amount of cash you have available and just making a quick phone call and saying, hey, I need X amount of cash um, to, you know, cover me for this period of time. And we'll make the transaction that can be done electronically or send a check. Um, but most people, of course, prefer electronic to get the money faster. Um, and I've seen I've seen clients use it for um, a myriad of different reasons to float payroll if payroll gets a little wonky during this time period if you're a business owner um, or if the business maybe is going well but you just don't have a bunch of cash sitting around and you're trying to buy more equipment or expand and whatnot and you just need more capital up front to do so that could be an option to tap into those dollars as well and. Can you set it up where you just get just a lump sum disbursement or can you set it up where, you know, you may want to have like a monthly disbursement or, and is there a limit to how much you can 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 access? Yes. So you, you can set it up to be really flexible and whatever way works best for you. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of the, the limit, it's going to be based on the amount of cash available. And so let's say... If you had a, a policy with with a hundred thousand dollars in cash inside of it, mm-hmm. you, you could borrow roughly up to ninety ninety five percent of the cash inside of that policy to okay. still policy in place. Right, because you wanna you wanna definitely keep the life insurance policy yeah, going. Yeah, exactly. And is there a time limit like to pay that back, or do no, you so do you even you, have to pay it back? Great question. So. You can set your own parameters around uh, the frequency of when you want to pay it back. Mm-hmm. If, if for whatever reason you decide not to, what will ultimately end up happening is since it's a permanent policy, at some point, it's no secret, we all have to leave this earth someday. Right. And so whenever we do pass away, if you decided to never pay back the cash that was accumulated, they would just reduce that amount off of the death benefit. Oh, and so let's say if you had 100K in cash, more than likely you have, um, I don't know, maybe four or $500,000 in death benefit. And if you, you know, took all 100K and pulled it out, then they'll just reduce that on the back end whenever you do pass away later on. Okay. So that's good to know. As long as you keep the insurance policy mm-hmm. active that you still have, you still have access to that for that eventuality, which is the original reason that you that you you brought that from so okay moving moving along so hopefully you know that would be um enough to float you until you could get temporary work or or whatever but just in case it didn't um what would be the next strategy that we could employ like what would be the next thing to tap into um it's kind of a you know toss up between your retirement accounts and potentially the equity in your home. Um, so you look at your retirement account, and this year in particular, you know, the government did some really unique things with the CARES Act bill that came out earlier this year. And so if things got really tight and your only alternative was to prematurely liquidate money out of an IRA or a 401k, 
for this year, there's no 10% early withdrawal penalty. Mm. So that, that's, that's helpful. Good to know. Yeah. And then on top of that, they took it a step further and said, hey, the money that you do pull out will allow you to spread the taxes on that across the next three years. Where in any other scenario, if, if, using 100K again as an example. So if you pulled 100K out of a 401K, when you filed your taxes for the next year, let's say you typically had 100K or $200,000 salary. So if you made $200,000 in salary and then you took a $100,000 distribution out of that 401K, in any other year, the government is like, sorry, you actually made $300,000. $300, so we're going to tax you on that three hundred. dollars Correct. Wow. But with the CARES Act... They've shifted it, and now you you only made two hundred and thirty three thousand. So they allow you to spread that hundred k across three years, which is helpful to keep your tax bill low. Excellent, excellent. And so now, accessing the retirement account um, again is that as simple as saying, you know, I need this money from my account, or is there an application process? Is there is there a possibility that? your brokerage firm could say, no, Carissa, you can't have this money. So it's your money. And so it's really just completing some distribution form paperwork to get the money. Um, And then another thing I forgot to mention is if you have the money inside of a a rollover IRA, and let's say the need for the money is really short term, and you know it's going to be only 30 days, 45 days or so, and you can actually put the money back in, one thing that's unique about a, a rollover IRA, you can do this is based on a rolling 12-month uh, period. Every 12 months, you can actually take a distribution out of a traditional rollover IRA. And as long as you put the balance of whatever you pull it out, if you put that money back in within the 60-day window, it's, a, it's as if nothing ever happened. It's a non-taxable event. Hmm. Well, that's, that seems great. Because then you don't you you use the money, but you don't incur um, any of the any of the pen. Now, is there a penalty for withdrawing from the IRA? No penalty. No penalty. So, okay. so you, using now, that example, it would be well, say if you put out your cat out of that, and so there there would be no ten percent early withdrawal penalty, and there would be no ordinary income tax so long as you put the money back in six sixty days. days. Okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Now, in in moving to the home equity, which, um, you know, I imagine is the most severe um, and the most uh, labor-intensive process, because even though that is your home and technically that is your money, I imagine that there is a situation where the bank would be like, eh, no, we're we're not going to let you do that. How does that process work? Correct. So that that one, you know, you would actually have to file an application and get approved for the equity line of credit. And essentially, that the banks are going to let's. So assuming you do get approved for it, um, they would essentially allow you to have access up to roughly around eighty five percent of the equity in the home. And so if you, you know, kind of going along the same theme of a hundred k, if you had a hundred k in equity in the home. They're going to say, hey, we can give you an $85,000 line of credit to where you, you kind of use it, you know, similar to, I'll say, like a credit card. Imagine if you had, like, a credit card with an $85,000 limit on it. Mm-hmm. You, you have to pay that money back. Like, it's not, you know, just there indefinitely type of thing. And then usually there, there's going to be some parameters on the equity line to where, 
set a date for where you have to start paying it back, and it's usually like 10 or 20 years out. So, so they give oh. you a amount of time. Well, that's good. So that would give you plenty of time to recover and and then start, start putting that back. Correct. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So now for... Just for, just for, I guess, for um, hypothetical purposes, because, of course, you know, when, when there are people that are going through these situations, I never, um, I don't like the, the conversations that, that surround themselves around browbeating people about what they should have done and could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the truth of the matter is any of, any of us can face joblessness, you know, being either unemployed or underemployed. Um, you know, at any point it can happen and happens for a lot of different reasons. Um, but what can what things can we learn, like in terms of from our financial standpoint, what can we learn from this economic downturn? Um, I would say to be prepared for it to happen again at some point in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's funny, a lot of times. You know, we get recency bias to where things are humming along and going really well. And you kind of forget that, hey, on occasion, we're going to go through some tough times economically. Right. And so, you know, especially if you're young and even if you are a little bit older, you know, and you still have a good, good amount of runway in terms of your, your life expectancy, there's a good chance that we're going to go through some other major event again. I, I, I don't can't tell you what will trigger the next event. I don't have a crystal ball to say that. Right. But, you know, in terms of just kind of looking at the historical context, you kind of rewind the clock back. We had the housing collapse, the financial industry collapse before. You had the dot-com bubble. You had the oil embargo act. You had the, you know, great, you know, great depression, world wars. It was like typically always something that's going to jar right. the economy in some way. And those first three things that you, you mentioned have happened in the last 10 to 15 years. So, Correct. You know, so that it isn't like, you know, the last world war was, you know, 70 years, 70, 80 years from, you know, ago. So it's not that we're looking at those kinds of things that are moving at glacial type speeds. You know, these things, you know, can happen uh, very, very quickly. Um, and, and can and can be you know very very quickly devastating. Um, let me see what else did I want to ask oh, you? I had something else I forgot to mention. Kind of going back to uh, old old retirement accounts, if you will. Mm-hmm. So one one of the things that I've kind of just noticed from experience a lot is people tend to forget about an old employer's retirement account that they had from an old employer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you can go down a rabbit trail trying to find the money and where in the world is that account sitting at now. Right. Well, one easy way to potentially recover and figure out where that account is sitting at, um, there's a website called missingmoney.com. And so just go on there, you know, type in, you know, your name and whatever state that you reside in. And potentially it can pull up and say, hey, you actually have this old retirement account sitting sitting around. Oh, I'll definitely um, be putting that up on the page. Yeah. I'll be checking so, that out myself. I'm like, I've had, shout I've, out I've to, had a job or two. Adrian Davis on our team for finding that. Very nice. Thank you so much for doing that research. Oh, the question that I wanted to ask you. So, um, in accessing these resources, because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there are some people who are unemployed and there are some people who are underemployed. 
meaning that they are, you know, maybe working part-time. They're an involuntary part-time uh, employee. Does your employment status play any role in how you can access or if you are able to access these resources? Um, because, of course, you know, someone who has been working full-time and now all of a sudden they're working part-time, they're not making enough money, you know, to make their ends meet. Their ends may not even be close enough to wave at each other, you know. Um, sure. So if I am just working part-time, whereas I used to be a full-time worker, can I still access most, if not all? I know I can dip into my savings, um, mm. but can I still access all of that? Because I imagine there's criteria for, you know, being able to access these funds. It can't be, you know, that I want to go shopping, so Brian, let me have some money out of my investment account. You know, Correct. that that's not, it's not that easy. So the, the only solution that would you probably would run into some hiccups and getting approved would be getting the home equity line of credit approved. Mm-hmm. Everything goes. It's yours. You own it. You really can access it when, whenever you want, per se. It's just paperwork in, in some instances. But the home equity line of credit, you definitely run into some issues potentially. And that would be the one that's you know going to be the hardest, even even if you are unemployed i imagine because then the question would become how are you going to pay this back you don't have a job bingo yeah so that that's kind of a catch-22 there and um, so to that, to that note though how you're asking you know what what are some learnings to take away from this well if you know you have a lot of equity in your home and let's say you plan, don't plan on moving anytime soon mm-hmm now you can apply for the home equity line of credit. And if you are gainfully employed, just apply for it, get approved. It's there. You don't have to necessarily pull any other money out, but it's there if you need it. So that way, if something happens later down the road, you've already done the, the homework up front. Wow, I didn't know that you could do that. Okay. I, I always thought that, you know, that had to be something that was related to, you know, an event. So, you know, most of the time, because when I've seen advertisements or, or heard conversations about tapping into home equity, it was always to finance, you know, either a home repair or sending a child off to college, you know, those types of events. It wasn't a thing of, you know, just apply for this and just let it sit. That's a very, very excellent tip. Um, very excellent. Yeah, because I, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and same thing with um, lines of credit. To, to your point, to where, you know, if you your credit worthiness is strong, you have an excellent FICO score, you can go out and get a, a line of credit to where you don't necessarily have to use it, but right. it's there. But it's there. <laughs> and does that, it, like, let's say if I, if I did a home equity line of credit today, but two years from now, the equity in my home has increased, does that line of credit automatically increase as the equity in my home builds? Or would that uh, no, have to be another evaluation to get that amount in, in, uh, increased? Correct. Yeah, so that okay. would be reevaluated at that point. Okay. Okay. Well, cool. Anything else, Mr. Wealthologist? <laughs> I love that term, um, by the way. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, I think that's probably all of the, the obvious ones. And then the only other thing that I haven't mentioned, I've seen some people do is for some people it's a good opportunity to just kind of clear out some of the clutter out of your home mm-hmm. <laughs> where maybe you got some stuff sitting around mm-hmm. free up some space and just take inventory of what you have and sell it right yeah 
yeah that's because you know there, there's always there's always a buyer that's what I, i'm seeing because you can even look like on um, all of these online selling platforms and you know I, I go on them from time to time and i'm looking and i'm like somebody's really selling that and somebody's really going to buy it and the answer to that is yes and yes someone mm-hmm. will buy it Certainly. you know and that's there and even if you are, you know, completely unaffected by all of that stuff, all of what's happened this year, that's still a great exercise to do. Um, a, just to kind of clear out some the space in your home since mm-hmm. you're spending so much more time at home. Right. But right. B, you can use the money and you can give it away. There's a lot of other things you can do with the money to where it's not just sitting around dormant and items that are sitting around your house that are being unused. Right, right. So, you know, just to to bring home the points that you know there were um you know four different um venues of of resources that we can tap into um sequentially and you know and thank you mr ford for going through it that way because i i wanted it to be kind of a map of you know what do i do next i've used this what do i do next as opposed to let's just you know drown a person with all of these options and you don't know which is the first one um, to choose. Um, this has also been, this this economic downturn has also been an excellent opportunity for entrepreneurship um, because people have had a lot of time on their hands and, you know, maybe they had something that they always wanted to do, um, you know, work for yourself in, in some way. You know, I've seen a lot of people have gotten into crafting and they have sold their wares. So that is yet another, um, another way to, to kind of help weather the storm Um, a little bit. Um, But just going a little bit further, there are also community resources um, that are available. And the first one um, that comes to mind is your community food bank. Um, So, you know, here, the Atlanta Community Food Bank is an incredible resource um, and has has helped a tremendous amount of people. Um, From what I understand, you know, there isn't an application or anything like that. You don't have to prove your need if you show up. Um, you know, they will will distribute um, a food box um, for you. There are lots of churches um, that have these um, these things going on as well. And your church is also, um, you know, a good resource um, as well. You know, if things aren't really going as well, people have used GoFundMe, um, you know, for, for one thing or another. And, you know, people are really, you know, I want, the one thing that's encouraging um, in this pandemic is that I really have seen the generosity of spirit um, of people, particularly, um, you know, when people have let their communities know that they're going through a particular struggle. Um, you know, people from all over will just send, you know, $5, $10, it all adds up. And then the next thing you know, um, you know, you have have a little bit. Um, it's just like that story. I don't know if you saw it. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure you have uh, about the barista at Starbucks. And the woman wanted to cause trouble because he wouldn't serve her because she didn't have on a mask and she was trying to get him fired. And um, somebody started a GoFundMe for him, and now he has $100,000 that people just donated, you know, to help him, um, you know, in in the eventuality. I don't know if he lost his job or not, but um, if he had, then, you know, $100,000 most certainly um, will buoy you for, for a good little minute if you use it wisely. Certainly. 
All righty. Well, that once again, this time just seems to fly by and I, I enjoy it. And Mr. Ford, thank you once again for an excellent, excellent segment. And I look forward to next time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Brian Ford from Northwestern Mutual. And this has been our money and medicine segment. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Until next time. See ya. Bye-bye. We'll be back after the commercial break. Rejuvenation for youthfulness and beauty is trending worldwide. People are getting laser hair removal, Botox, dermal fillers, skin brightening, tightening, lifting, and reshaping. SmartPlex ATL, a comprehensive medical spa, located in East Cobb, 4799 Old Town Parkway. You can also visit us online at smartplexatl.com. Dr. Alexander and his team enjoy pampering you while you receive customized treatments in a beautiful, calming, zen-like atmosphere. SmartPlex ATL, we are your Hollywood destination for exciting, youthful rejuvenation. This is Alvin. And this is Edmund. On the Old Fashioned Health Show. Tune in each Friday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. And listen to us live on iHeartRadio or the Real 1100 app. Where we talk about healthy information, products, and or services. And get some old school music in. On the Real 1100. Be sure to listen to The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In the Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome back to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am Dr. Carissa Hines, your host, and I am happy to be here with you all this week. I always enjoy our money and medicine segment. Um, Dr. Mr. Ford uh, always comes uh, with such great information and, you know, just practical information and steps that we can take because, of course, um, you know, there are a lot of people and, you know, these are our family members, our friends, our neighbors, um, just, uh, just a lot of people in our communities that are going through um, one struggle versus another. Um, you know, we have talked about the struggles of um, 
medical bills. And so, you know, for people who have been hospitalized with uh, with COVID-19 and the astronomical uh, health bills that that people rack up and how that can be uh, financially devastating as well. And if you take that, you know, just look at look at that. So if you have one wage earner who is hospitalized um, with COVID-19, not only are they not earning their wage, they also are accumulating um, a health bill. And so you can just imagine just that in and of itself, um, the strain that that potentially places uh, on on a family. And so, you know, definitely, um, you know, a lot of people going through a thing. So, um, and so that was, you know, just a, a really great segment. And I appreciate um, Mr. Ford and Northwestern Mutual. Um, and I'm grateful for that friendship and that partnership um, with them. And so we will most certainly continue that on on a monthly basis. Um, just wanted to put out just a few announcements that are off topic from from our money. Um, of course, we know that we are at the end days of our election season. And I don't know about you all, but I am glad that we are coming to the point where we are going to be wrapping this up one way or another, um, because it's just been adding to to the stress and strain um, and just seeing, you know, just just how ugly politics uh, in the United States um, has become. But with that said, and, you know, I'm not telling people who to vote for, although if you ask me personally, um, I have my, I can give you a suggestion, um, but I do want to encourage people to vote. Um, and so, you know, we talked about this earlier when we talked about, you know, when early voting started and mail-in voting. And I just want to reiterate that voting by mail or what we call, what we called before it was made into a thing, absentee voting. Um, you know, it is safe. It is legal. Your vote will be counted if you don't feel safe um, with going physically to the polls. Um, you know, just taking from my own personal story, I'm absentee voting. Um, this year, I received my ballot um, a few days ago and have to get that back in the mail. So there is still time, I believe, to request an absentee ballot. Um, and you want to make sure when you once you request it, um, you can go to your state uh, secretary of state website uh, to see, you know, when your ballot has been mailed. Um, and if it has been, you know, if your request for that ballot has been received, you can check that uh, because we definitely don't want to um, miss out on an opportunity to have our vote counted and our voices heard. So with that, we're going to go ahead and transition into our vitamin C um, for this week. So there is a, a Japanese proverb that says, fall seven times and stand up eight. Fall seven times and stand up eight. And I think that sums up what I would like to encourage you all today. And our vitamin C is about perseverance. Um, particularly now that there are so many of us who are going through um, one struggle or another, um, that it is just important to, to latch on to the concept of perseverance. Um, because, you know, life and, and particularly this year, um, you know, can be just filled with ups and downs in general. Um, and sometimes it just seems like the downs just come wave after wave after wave after wave um, where you kind of are, are sucked under. Um, and that, that is a, a real experience for, for many people um, on many levels. 
Um, of course, some of these downs are more serious and have um, more major consequences um, than others, but that does not negate the experience of going through adversity. Um, and so, you know, I, I never like to quantify, um, you know, someone's experience like, you know, it's not a competition that my suffering is more, um, more than yours or that, you know, I deserve more sympathy um, because everybody's struggle um, is their own and, and is felt on an individual basis. But it is important uh, for us to know that there is always an opportunity to begin again. Um, if we persevere, it is always possible to start over no matter how low you have fallen, no matter what has happened, as long as we don't give up, we can begin anew. And that's one of the things that I, I love about the city of Atlanta. So, you know, just a, a brief history uh, moment, you know, back in the Civil War, um, Atlanta was pretty much burned to the ground. Um, the, the, the troops coming through um, just kind of raised it. And the symbol of the city of Atlanta is the phoenix. And so in mythology, the phoenix was a creature that once burned could rise again just as it was, or maybe even better. So from these ashes of what we are going through, we will again become the phoenix. And we have the capability of becoming the phoenix over and over and over again because we persevere. So I want to, to tell you all that you all should stay encouraged. And once again, thank you all so, so very much for spending my most favorite hour of the week with me. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, tell a friend they can listen to. Um, we'll take all listeners. Tell me where you are listening from because I love giving shout outs to the cities that are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Thank you again for tuning in and for listening. I am Dr. Carissa Hines. You have been listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to another Old Fashioned Health Network show on The Real 1100.